Hello and welcome to Treasury Talks, a Euromoney series to explore all things new, interesting and innovative in corporate treasury. I'm your host, Duncan Kerr, and over the course of this series, we'll be talking to experts from BNP Paribas on a range of topics from digital innovation in payments, cash management, trade and supply chain finance, to bank fintech collaborations and ESG in treasury. In this first episode, I'm speaking to Bruno Malado and Neil Pan on the digital revolution in payments. Bruno, Neil, great to have you with us. Let's start with some quick introductions. Bruno, you first. Hello, Duncan. Thanks for inviting us. Um, so I'm responsible at BNP Paribas for the uh, corporate payments uh, and the payment infrastructure that supports uh, how corporates uh, get paid and pay, uh, especially the business-to-business -business, uh, flows, in fact. Uh, Neil? Hi, Duncan. Very, very happy to be here with you. Uh, so I'm Neil. I'm responsible for uh, a payment transformation of the group, uh, which means uh, I have a responsibility of the, on the retail payment in France, but also on uh, our new digital business across the group, uh, for which we have uh, some brands and, and entities like Accepta, which is our B2C uh, payment solution uh, for merchants, uh, which, uh, for which there is Nickel as well. It's a, it's a neobank uh, growing into Europe. And Floa Bank, uh, which is our BNPL uh, uh, top uh, solution, and uh, Life, which is a QR code payment uh, fintech. Well, it's a pleasure to have you both with us today. So thanks very much for joining. And it's great to have uh, two individuals with so much experience in the digital payments universe, because we've got some questions for you, which you will be able to answer ably, no doubt, um, that will look at the, the kind of evolution of what we're seeing in, in payments today. So one of the first questions I have for you is uh, that there has been great change in the payments industry during the past decade, perhaps even a revolution. But looking back, what have been the main changes we have seen during this time? And what are the innovations that you would say have primarily caused this? Bruno, let's let's turn to you first. Well, I think um, after the pandemic, nevertheless, I think the attitude towards um, doing everything uh, from home, uh, digitally, online, has, uh, has reached all of us, including, uh, for example, how corporates buy services, how... Uh, uh, consumers pay for services even from uh, from large ticket items actually whereas before we may not be looking at large ticket items and uh, all that actually i would say sped up the the roadmap towards being real time having real time everything is moving to real time all regions are making this change investing there's about 60 different uh, countries or regions which are implementing a real time means of payment and of course, uh, with data, with cloud, with APIs, we're able to combine a better experience on uh, on on how you you pay and how you buy services. Uh, now, I think this is actually a nice cocktail for uh, a lot of innovation. Uh, but of course, this has to be done in a safely manner. And what we've seen as well during this period is an increase of of fraud of, as well. So we it has to be done in a controlled and in a safe uh, environment for business to, to flourish. Uh, but it's nonetheless a clear change in the, in the mindset of, of corporations to uh, buy and sell uh, online on e-commerce site marketplaces. And this trend is here to stay. Uh, just before the pandemic, one in three companies had an e-commerce site. Now it's two in three. And in terms of marketplaces for even business to business marketplaces, two out of three corporates have this in their plans. So these are clear trends 
that are changing the way that uh, payments uh, have to support these business uh, business trends. And Neil, on the consumer side, there has been seismic change there too. So how would you see the changes that we have seen? What's What's been going on there on the consumer side? What is very interesting also first is to uh, to notice that uh, what we have observed on the consumer side, the retail side, is now uh, also happening on the B2B and the corporate side, at the first point. Then on the on consumer, on the retail side, I would say that I see three things that were you know, the main game changer over the last uh, few years. And the pandemic has just accelerated uh, those, those effects. The first one is, Bruno mentioned, uh, is real time. Everything is real time now. So you, 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 you don't bear uh, you know, waiting for your uh, transfer notification to arrive. So you do it, you want it now. All your uh, the notification when you pay by card, you want everything to, to happen now and have the information available now. So first thing now is everything has to be uh, real time. Second is obviously the tech. Uh, and by tech, I'm, you know, globally speaking, uh, the, uh, the, the digital aspect, which makes all our customer uh, experience uh, smoother uh, because you use, you're very used to, to use your mobile because the, uh, uh, the customer journey has done an incredible uh, improvement over the last few years. Uh, now you have a lot of uh, uh, card on file, which, you know, means that when you pay on a website with one card, you can decide to, uh, to, uh, that the, the website reminds, uh, keep the, the information uh, securely, but it keeps the information of your card so that you don't, you don't have to put the numbers again. So all this uh, has made uh, improving the, the customer uh, journey. And one last uh, third point uh, is also the, the regulation. Regulation has you know, improved or improved, evolved over the last few years. Uh, uh, the PSD2 came into force, the, uh, and uh, before that, the emergence of uh, uh, payment institutions or PSPs uh, uh, given by the new regulatory framework allowed also a lot of new innovation uh, to be tackled by those fintechs. Very interesting to hear. Um, looking forward, there is going to be even more change, no doubt. Um, but for you both, what more should we expect to see in the change in payments in the industry? Uh, for what reasons? And in particular, what type of innovations are we seeing today that you think will shape the future of payments? So on those innovations, you know, what are we seeing in emerging technology that may represent something of the future, but is still quite early today? If you could give an example there on both sides, that would be very interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll go on the um, evolution of cross-border specifically. So today, when uh, in a corporation you have a, a selling team and a, and a buying team, so procurement and marketing, uh, if they are looking for ways to pay or collect locally, I think the evolution is quite clear. Regionally, there's about five, six regions that are creating a regional uh, instant cross-border seamless payment experience. But cross-border, and this is really important, uh, we had had a, a huge improvement in terms of the efficiency of cross-border payments recently with the SWIFT GPI, and we can see that most uh, payments are actually happening within hours or minutes, uh, and the difference becomes the complexity of currencies or the complexity of, of the um, of time zones. Um, but what's the major shift going forward, and I'll make a comparison to, to the telecoms, is that uh, 
between 11,000 banking entities across the world, we are building actually a, a, a complete different setup of international payments where instead of being sequential, we will use technology uh, by next year, by the way, uh, Q1 2023, to actually have a, a single platform that allows to know exactly what the payment is, have an instant validation, instant confirmation of credit, and that's going to allow us to create a seamless payment experience, uh, even for cross-border payments. When we have a client who says, I want to collect from everywhere in the world because I have a very special product and my buyers are few, but they're everywhere in the world. Of course, their concern is how to collect from countries as far as Chile or Japan. So uh, this vision with international payments will allow us to create instant cross-border payments which is a reality, uh, but actually to become broad by 2025 and uh, Swift, um, the Swift cloud-based platform TMP plus the collaboration across uh, so many international banks will get us there. And I would say the alternative would be, of course, a closed loop system, and there's many of them, uh, who would try to enroll clients into a wallet or into a specialized uh, service uh, we believe, I think, that uh, having so many banks already connected to SWIFT will allow us to have a, a, mm. a, a broad reach uh, and still have that ambition of creating transparent and instant cross-border payments. I think that's a major change. And to finalize with a comparison to telecoms, if you think about the 5G networks, uh, there's always been a lot of investment on creating these 5G antennas everywhere you still don't see the full potential of what you can do with 5G. You may say, I don't need 5G today, but once the uh, extra capacity is there, you will see new use cases, uh, which probably will lead to say, I don't think about payments anymore. It works. I need to collect from another country. It's just going to be instantly confirmed. You will not have to think about the payment. So I think that's where, where the industry is going. It's not going to be... Uh, very fast, but it's certainly happening as we speak with more than 10 billion investments in every bank. Neil, I'll let you. So uh, if I focus on the, uh, the consumer B2C side, uh, what we've seen uh, over the last uh, couple of years and which is really spreading out and which is major to me is what we call, uh, what I call the unified commerce. So what is unified commerce is really the, the disappearance of the frontier between the e-commerce and the point of sale and the, you know, what happens in, uh, in, in, in the shops, in the, in the physical shops. Uh, uh, so first, uh, why? Why is that? And, you know, where did it come from? What does it bring as a value to the customer or to the, the merchant? Well, think of, uh, 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 of a hotel, a five-star hotel. When you enter into a five-star hotel, you have an incredible experience when the guy at the front desk says, oh, I know you, Duncan. Very pleased to, to see you again, and we're very happy to, to, to see you again. This is the kind of experience that you're willing to pay, and that's what you expect when you enter into a, a five-star hotel. So, and how do they do that? Because they know the customer, they, you know, they build a lot of uh, uh, tools to, to recognize them. If I you know, trans translate it into the, you know, the, the, the consumer goods uh, 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 environment, uh, this is what we what is happening. If you, for instance, if you buy something online, and you want to get it, uh, you don't want to be uh, to be shipped uh, this good because you have a store, you know, next to your house. So you just go down the street and you enter the store. 
Well, today, when you just enter your credit card into, uh, uh, into the terminal, you recognize, yes, they know what you were looking for and they just provide you with, you know, the good you just bought on the internet. And not only, uh, you know, they can recognize you, but also you can say, no, I don't like the color, you know, I thought it would be more red or whatever. And you will be reimbursed directly on your credit card. You don't have to get back to the website and saying, no, I want to send back this item and please reimburse me. Everything, you know, will be happening much more smoothly. And this is, you know, the disappearance of the frontier between the e-commerce and the proximity, uh, which allows this new uh, customer experience. And uh, what kind of value does it bring to, for, well, as a consumer, it's much easier. So, you know, everything that is making my life easier, you know, usually I like it. And on the merchant side, well, it's also, uh, you know, one way to enrich the client experience also in store. So that, you know, when you enter, you know, in store, you will have a, 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 a good and uh, enjoyable experience. So this is, you know, a win-win uh, uh, evolution of, uh, of, of the consumer uh, payment. We've touched on it previously, um, and it's such an important piece of the payments world. But when we think about speed, speed of payments, today we're, we're touching on instant payments. They, they do happen. But in terms of uh, the instantaneous quality, in terms of the real-time um, uh, aspect to payments, I don't think we have it yet as a universal uh, capability. There has been terrific advance, but perhaps we're still not um, at, at the point where we can claim that all payments all over the world um, are, are, are made in real time. And there's probably infrastructure issues and regulatory issues which are holding us back. But I wonder from both of your perspectives, you know, what, what is that journey to, to real time payments, to instant payments? Uh, what has that looked like over the past decade? Where are we today? And at what point in the future do you think, if at all, we will get there? Well, maybe, maybe I start because I, I think on the consumer side, to me, it's not, uh, uh, it looks like it's almost real time because you have, you know, the notification, you, you can see what will happen on your account, even if it has not settled uh, properly yet. You will see, you know, you, you, you banks now propose anticipation of, of, uh, uh, of the sold, uh, of the, of the amount. Uh, on account. So it looks as if it was fully real time uh, on the consumer side. So on the consumer side, to me, what will remain very uh, key into the instantaneously, into the real time aspect will be the customer journey. It needs to be quick, to be, uh, to be, uh, to be fast and lean. And if I take uh, only a few examples so that, you know, uh, you realize that, you know, how means of payment or customer experience can be uh, key for, for, for merchants and corporates. Uh, Floa, one of our uh, um, uh, subsidiaries, uh, one of our entity, they made a study uh, and two-thirds of the European are ready to change brands or to change you know, their, their, their retailers' uh, website if this one does not provide, for instance, a buy-now-pay-later uh, uh, means of payment. Because now they are used to it, they want to make it smooth, quickly, and so if you don't have this, uh, uh, this kind of, uh, 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 of uh, ease, means of ease, then the customer is now ready to change. And why? Because uh, it's, uh, it's only a few clicks to make it, because uh, the, the agreement to, to, uh, to delay the payment is real time, and because uh, in the end it's one way to manage the treasury or, or the finance on the, on the retail side. 
So uh, I would say that the real time is for the consumer side is really on the on the customer journey on how uh, the, the 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 consumer will feel that it is real time more than the uh, the, the real real time settlement that can you know if in, uh, eventually happen, which I guess uh, Bruno can comment because then on the B two B side it is different. Yeah, indeed, uh, absolutely. Uh, I think there's different angles to that question, Duncan. And to continue what Neil is saying, in fact, what we realize is that the tools are there, especially on a regional or a local level, to change a corporate process, for example, a company's process, and to adopt an API that eventually will know exactly who paid, uh, what's the balance of my account, or to initiate an instant payment based on the business process. So I, for example, there's one of our clients who automated claims. So we were able to integrate an instant uh, claim payment based on a standard claim request, which was a standard process, all digitally, no human interaction, clients happy, uh, treasury is happy, the, the, the business process is done. But what we realize is that that requires projects at corporate side that are able to open up the processes and analyze how to integrate an instant payment uh, aspect into it. And most oftentimes, these things take resources that are not always available. So I think that's going to be a, a slower progress towards, I have to redo my processes, where can I take the full advantage of instantaneity? That's one, one way to get there. The other topic is um, some countries have had a different elements that allow them to create that experience of instantaneity thanks to either a government initiative like in Sweden or a banking association initiative like in Spain or uh, an, a private company type of uh, uh, initiative that was adopted by all participants like in Italy. And that allowed to have seamless common tools that would be interoperable and would allow users to get that instant experience that Neil was discussing. On the B2B space, I would say that more than instantaneity, it's the efficiency of the process. And meaning that if you are paying your salaries every month, you know how much you're paying end of the month, you don't need instantaneity. You just need to process those things as efficiently as possible from a liquidity point of view. There, you don't need instantaneity. However, when you want to differentiate yourself by paying salaries earlier or just as much as people are producing and generating a salary and get paid earlier, these use cases may make sense to some companies that want to retain workers. And there the tools are there, but just need, you still need to put them together, right? And that's where the big challenge comes. Uh, and when it comes to cross-border, in fact, um, what's important to retain is that um, more than instantaneity, there it's more about previsibility, predictability. If I know that I'm going to get a payment in three hours and I'm able to see it through Swift UPI because I'm able to know that a payment has left the account of the buy of this of my client, well, then I know that in three hours I'll have the money, so I might as well ship them the goods already because I know the money's on its way. That's the predictability aspect that it's even more important than instantaneity. But of course, if you're on an online marketplace, you may need that instantaneity. And yes, that's going to take a bit more time to get there. I see it taking us uh, at an international level at least till 2028 to reach a cross-border instance on major corridors like US-Euro 
like uh, India, uh, US, India, Euro. I think those are the clearing systems that are ready, that have the same formats, that have the interoperability uh, plans to make it happen. So we will see some corridors that will be instant and others that unfortunately will be a bit less instant, but predictable. And that's, that's my view. So it's going to take a bit of time. You know, we are in our innovations arms race. Um, BNP Paribas is competing against other banks in this industry to innovate, uh, to develop solutions for your customers and clients, which uh, enable you to retain them. And of course, to, to grow your book of clients and customers as well. Um, but on that, I mean, thinking about some of the innovations that you have seen across the industry, perhaps even developed by another bank, is there one which you think is particularly fascinating or a, a great innovation? Um, you know, something that really could be a game changer or something that you think has been developed today, but really has potential to, to change the industry maybe five to 10 years from now. Is there anything that you can think of? It is something that, you know, is in my mind, but uh, it's not clear this will happen. It's probably about uh, digital currencies, and I'm thinking of a uh, 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 central bank digital currency, probably. So it's not, uh, 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 you know, developed by banks, but I think it can be, uh, it will change habits. So today we, we see two, ty two types of uh, uh, central bank digital currency that could uh, um, rise. First one will be uh, the wholesale central bank digital currency, probably renewing the, the way we operate with uh, central banks as a bank. And uh, there is also some push uh, on some central banks on uh, more retail uh, central bank digital currencies. So all this uh, can can make, uh, you know, things evolve. Well, we're in payment, so everything takes much more time than what we think, because it's all about, you know, the the, the, the man in the street uh, custom uh, behavior. So uh, it's always longer than what we than we thought it would be. But I can see those uh, new uh, underlying as really a game changer uh, uh, also in how it will operate uh, with uh, uh, probably digital assets uh, uh, that could exist on, on, the, on the blockchain or, or whatever. Maybe to bank on that, I think um, something that has been there for a while that still has to accelerate is that capacity for corporations as well to manage liquidity of different currencies centrally. This call about uh, centralization of liquidity and that makes a lot of sense because at the end uh, companies can be more efficient at managing currencies that they want and currencies that they don't want in, in a more central way and that's enabled by today's services from banking community that can allow to centralize and, and use uh, segregation of funds and, and visibility. The trend will still have to continue because I think that those are those are transformation projects at the corporate side, and so that takes time again. Uh, but that's certainly the way forward. And when it comes to using digital assets, one of the promises of digital uh, assets will be that you're able to exchange those assets without necessarily going through uh, traditional payment chains. I think what we will see in the coming five years, and I don't have the answer, is I think either the payment evolution is so efficient that you will not need to use a digital asset to exchange between different corporations. And that's going to depend on the ability to pre-validate every single payment so that you know it will be successful in a matter of seconds or minutes. Or indeed, 
there will be an uptake of a uh, digital asset uh, equivalent, probably commercial-based, not central bank-based, but that will allow for uh, corporations to exchange digital assets more instantaneously to, to extinct the debt or to pay someone uh, in, uh, in, a, in, a, in an ecosystem. Think about an ecosystem of, uh, I don't know, uh, auto industry. They have the same vendors. Think about pharmaceuticals. They have the same uh, clients, the same suppliers. So either we see payments becoming so efficient that everybody can rely on those rails to make payments and receive payments, or we will see uh, closed loop systems fueled by tokenized cash or digital assets that will create those kind of uh, in ecosystem um, settlement systems. And, and that's probably the major trend. I don't believe that any bank can actually win that race. I think it's a matter of how the uh, banking community and the non-banking community will figure out how to collaborate to create that, uh, that perfect payment experience for, for corporations. And I, again, I'm really focusing on corporations because the one who pays is not the one who decides, <laughs> which is different from a consumer who's in the restaurant, right? And th that requires a bit more uh, engineering indeed to make it work. Fascinating to hear, yes. I mean, on that point about digital assets, cryptocurrencies, column, what we may, they do represent something of the future uh, from my perspective. And I think from your perspective, you would agree with that. But we are at a very early stage of beginning to understand uh, the full potential of digital assets in the payments universe, but also in the investment universe, in the trading universe, whatever we might call it. Um, and, um, you know, perhaps some of the market shifts that we've seen in recent months um, raise an element of caution to the approach and the embrace of digital assets. On that note, I think we'll end this interview here. So thank you both very much for your time and your insights. It's been great catching up and hearing your insights um, on all those digital innovations that we've talked about over the course of this interview. So thanks very much for your time. Pleasure to meet you and um, hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Duncan. Okay.